Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. My name is Stephanie Hupka, and I am the 2023 Vice President of Membership and Outreach and a member of the Pod Squad here at the Metro DC chapter of ATD. For today's episode, we have Helena Hodges, our Vice President of Finance and Operations, as our producer, but we are missing my co-host, Christina Eanes, our 2023 Vice President of Marketing and Communications. But for this episode, we are thrilled to be welcoming Carl Kopp. So welcome, Carl. Thanks, Stephanie. I'm thrilled to be here. So thanks for having me. This is this is great. And hello <laughs> to everybody be- in the DC <laughs> metro area, right? Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, honestly, around the world, we've got listeners from, I think, just about every state around the world these days. So uh, quite the group of people who will be joining us for our conversation today. And I am so excited to get into this topic. Before we do, before we jump in, I would love it if you could tell our listeners and our viewers a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, So uh, my name is Carl Kopp. I'm a professor of instructional technology and design at It used to be called Bloomsburg University. We've merged Mm -hmm. with two of our sister universities. So it's now Commonwealth University. They spent a long time thinking (laughs) of that name. Um, But so, yeah, we're Commonwealth University. Uh, I haven't moved. uh, Everything's the same. And I spent most of my career thinking about um, games and turns out gamification and interactive learning. So written many books on the topic. I've done LinkedIn learning courses on the topic. Mm -hmm. Um, My favorite right now is I have a little side project called the um, unofficial unauthorized history of learning games, where I'm looking at learning games and thinking about what we can learn from them as developers. So I've done a lot of work. Um, my day job, I tell people, is as a faculty member at Bloomsburg University teaching yep. instructional design. But my kind of passion is all around how do you make learning more engaging, more interesting, and uh, frankly, more fun. Yeah, it is so good that that is the conversation that we're going to be having today. I feel like I hear from a lot of people that learning should just be fun. I completely agree. We're going to talk about why that is and especially how gamification plays into that. But before we really get into some of the fun stuff, it might be a good idea for us to kind of start at the beginning. So before we hopped on to uh, to talk today, I actually mentioned to a colleague of mine that I was going to be having a conversation about gamification. And she said, oh, great, about just, you know, building games into learning. And I said, well, there's actually perhaps a couple of different aspects or definitions when it comes to what gamification is. Could you start us there? Tell us a little bit about what gamification means. Yeah, that, that's great. So uh, that's a great way to start the topic. Yeah. Because, uh, one of the things that, that's interesting is, so so gamification is not necessarily, and I hate to be like the bubble burster, but not necessarily <laughs> a, about fun. So gamification is yeah. using elements of games yep. in non-game situations. So typically what I, I always give an example of, you can give example of a progress bar, right? So games have yeah. progress bars uh, and uh, learning has progress bars, different things have progress bars. So that's a good way to think about gamification. LinkedIn, for example, uh, increased uh, completion of profiles by as much as 25% when they introduced a progress bar. And that wasn't oh, necessarily really? fun or engaging. It was just, hey, 
here's a here's an item from game. So it's it's right. basically a, a a group of items that we use in games that we can use in non game situations. Usually, fun mm-hmm. is kind of one of the byproducts, but not necessarily. So um, uh, timing, for example, you know, I, I always say, you know, when you have a young child, and you say, hey. Uh, we live kind of in a suburban area. Hey, uh, I'll time, see how fast it takes you to go get the mail and bring it back here. Right. <laughs> so, uh, that's, you know, for them, maybe it's fun. It's, it's, that's a form of gamification. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing is sometimes it's a continuum. So, uh, the first question I always ask when somebody says, Hey, I want to gamify my instruction. I'm like, well, what do you mean by gamification? Because right. there's a lot of different you know, definitions. And so sometimes I look at it as a continuum from uh, um, no games at all, no yep. game um, activities or anything, all the way up to a full-fledged kind of simulation. But the oh, reality sure. is it's, uh, we, we thought think a lot about um, points, badges, and leaderboards. Um, yes. Some people call those the evil trifecta of game. <laughs> you know, they're smattered around and, and they're not used very uh, well. But right. but they do have value. So, you, you know, I, I saw the, the other day, somebody said, Oh yeah, points, badges and leaderboards are, you know, they're evil, but leaderboard, well, I mean, points, but leaderboards are great. I'm like, well, you need points to get a leaderboard, right? Don't you have, so, you know, they all kind of work <laughs> together, but I, but I'm starting to, and have for a while thought about what I call like a, a deeper gamification or robust gamification, which is the elements of using story, positive feedback loops, things like, progression, mm-hmm. things like collection, things like collaboration. So those elements that that really draw people in and help them focus on, you know, the learning outcomes that we need them to get as developers of instruction. Yeah. And actually, that's a really good segue to another thought that crossed my mind as you were sharing some of this. So it's good to have that base level understanding about what gamification is. I think there is a lot of confusion sometimes about what it really looks like. And I know it's a word that we've been using for a while. In fact, I have another question I'll ask in a little bit that kind of connects to an experience that I had with gamification a while back. You'd mentioned a little bit about, um, you know, kind of some of the reasons that gamification can work. I'd love to hear you tell us a little bit about some of the benefits that you've experienced or seen organizations experience by incorporating elements of gamification. Yeah. So there's a number of different um, uh, examples of, of how gamification has really helped organizations. So yeah. one organization that I, I've worked with uh, is on the call center side. And mm-hmm. so they were trying to um, help the uh, call center employees learn more uh, about what they needed to do. Yeah. So they actually um, created uh, little uh, job aids and help. But every time you would look at the job aid and then you would apply that knowledge because, you know, call centers, they, they measure, listen, everything. It's oh, of course. It, yeah. yeah. It's, it's definitely yeah. big brother. So anyway, so <laughs> they, they knew what was going and they knew when you applied them. So, uh, when yeah. people started seeing those leaderboards, actually, and, and hey, this person's applying it, and this person's applying it, um, the uh, performance, the KPIs improved dramatically because people were able to cut call time. They were able to answer questions more fi- uh, fe- efficiently. They were mm-hmm. able to know the answer. So that was kind of a really interesting example. Another example is an organization... Um, you know, retail organizations, a, a big issue now is uh, shrinkage, right? Shrinkage. Oh, right. Where, right. Inventory disappears um, mm-hmm. uh, and is not paid for. So yeah. it could either be theft. It could either be, um, uh, 
an employee overlooking or counting or whatever. So they had this little thing where they would do a little tiny um, uh, game that you would play. uh, And in the middle of that game, they ask a question about um, inventory shrinkage. And you can play any game you want. You can have the question. And once you uh, answer that question, then um, you would have a little bit more game time and that would be it. And they just did it one, once a day, right? So they used the sure. game as incentive. And they found um, 20% reduction in inventory shrinkage using that particular technique, which I thought well, that was kind of amazing. Wow. Um, another example is uh, this organization, sales organization. So their sales reps, you know, they get the instruction on the product and everything. And then usually it's this big sales meeting and then you go out and you sell and you, what did they, I don't remember what they said about that or what was that? So they yeah. did a gamified uh, follow-up uh, of question answer kind of thing and you earn points and you can, again, be on the leaderboard and things like that. Yeah. And they dramatically um, improve sales as well. So uh, by reminding the sales reps of the key features, benefits of the product, reminding them of the sales proposition, what the competitors were doing on a regular basis, yeah. um, that was uh, a lot of help. And then just just kind of on a uh, personal note, um, yeah. my wife is a microbiologist by training. So when mm-hmm. I always tell her I'm doing research, she like giggles uncontrollably. Like that's oh. not really research. You're just asking people what. <laughs> Well, understood. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it's kind of research. But so anyway, so I we went. I was messing around with this gamification platform, and my wife's like, "Let me see that. Let me see what you're doing." I'm like, "No, because I don't need you <laughs> to make away. any more fun of me than you're already making in terms of." And she's like, "No, no, no let me do it." So she got onto the platform. Like she spent like an hour and a half, like totally engaged with the content because of the gamified elements of it. So there was the element of the progress bar. There was a little bit of story. There was a way to her for her to earn points. There were consequences for incorrect answers. She was totally like engaged in it. So from that personal level to the larger levels of the call center and things like that, uh, gamification, I've seen it work on many different levels. I even use it in my graduate program. I form students into teams and they, I give them a mock request for proposal and they have to compete against the proposal and uh, or compete against the other teams. And it's amazing. Wow. I've done it without the competition and it's just a different class. The competition just raises the level of performance. Now, there are other complications with games. They're not, um, with gamification, it's not a panacea, right? So you have more, um, you know, the students become a little bit secretive because they don't want to share anything. Um, it becomes, sometimes it becomes hyper competitive. I have to put an end to that, you know, so, so it's not that it's, um, the panacea, but it's the, but to me, ultimately the level of performance, because they want to be the best of that group just raises what they're able to do. So it's it's kind of um, exciting to see that happen. And I guess one more example, I, yeah. I present at conferences a lot and I mm. have a game where I use uh, audience um, interactive system, audience response system. And I've done it where I've said, okay, uh, here's some questions and you people yep. answer these questions and see if you're right. And people answer them and, you know, it's nice. The moment I divide them into teams... And I say, okay, it's team one against team two. It's <laughs> night and day. Completely. People are more focused. There's more energy in the room. And it, 
the interesting thing, like it's totally meaningless. Like they're arbitrary teams. Uh, nothing will happen at the end of this presentation in terms of not giving you anything. Um, you just have bragging rights. And it's Absolutely. just amazing the level of um, excitement. And, and, and I also, the last thing, um, <laughs> I teach three-hour classes, so I could go on forever. So, but I the love la- this. <laughs> <laughs> so the last thing is, uh, it's not all about competition. So I don't want anybody to get the, the um, plenty of gamified experiences revolve around collaboration. Yeah. I've seen collaboration be some of the most um, uh, uh, meaningful uses of game, gamification. So, so don't think it just has to be um, competition. It can be competition against a situation, right? Solve this mm-hmm. problem, figure out this mystery, those kinds of things as a group work really well in a gamified environment. I loved using games in that kind of an environment as well. We, I actually did a training not too, too long ago that incorporated a couple of elements of things like collaboration, but also negotiation. Each team had an objective where if they succeeded, the other team did not. And it's one of those situations where you're not, you know, there, there's no prize at the end, bragging rights only, but introducing that element changed the dynamic of the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I actually designed it in exactly that way. The the thought was really, we're going to start with kind of a more, you know, focused exploration of a topic, and then we're going to gamify it a little bit. Their understanding went from perhaps moderate engagement, I suppose, you know, it's okay. I hear what you're saying. I kind of care to, I am so tuned in to what this means and how I use this. And you're right. It was a night and day kind of moment. Very surprising in a lot of ways, but yeah. then again, maybe not. Maybe, <laughs> right. you know, it's, it's because a lot of us really do like to tune into that sort of, you know, a, a gamified, a gamified experience. Yeah. I mean, it's human nature to know, to want to know where you are in comparison to others, to the knowledge. And then it's very human nature to want to be above average. So absolutely uh, those, those traits kind of drive us and, yeah. um, are, are very positive. I mean, it's gotten us to the moon. It's gotten us, you know, yeah. to explore new things. It's created AI. So to think that, you know, oh, that's not good or that's not a learning situation um, is not the right way to think about it because it does drive learning. Right. It's for people who are officially bought in, I would bet at this point in time, everybody is leaning into their phone or their computer, wherever they're joining us today and thinking, now what do I do next? In terms of maybe a gamification strategy. Are there spots where you recommend that teams or organizations begin if perhaps gamification is not part of their current trajectory for training? Is there a certain level of buy-in that you recommend people secure or ways to maybe sell the concept to a leadership who's not quite so sure? And are there really, you know, kind of initial steps as far as getting yourself ready to incorporate gamification into existing training? Yeah, so there's a... The, um, <clears throat> I mean, there's a whole there. There's a lot to cover. Uh, uh, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there is. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. But the the first thing I'll say to people is play games um, and yeah. lots of games and different kinds of games because yeah. people say, oh, gamification, you know, it's about points or whatever. But that's not what motivates anybody to play a game. Nobody plays a game just to get a point, right? They play right. for the challenge. They mm-hmm. play to overcome obstacles. So um, start playing games to get a sense of what games are all about. The second thing I would say in an organization is if you're going to gamify something, you have to gamify um, business processes that have meaningful outcomes. And 
gamify the behavior. So for example, mm-hmm. what a lot of people want to do, like in a sales situation, is say, let's we're gonna reward the person, gamify whoever sells the most. Like sure. news for you, person who sells the most is already rewarded, right? Because right. they're right. getting a high commission. Makes and sense. the people that don't know how to do that are struggling to figure out how to do that. So yes. what you should really gamify is the behaviors that lead to the outcomes. Yep. So instead of gamifying the most sales, gamify, take a look at what the best salesperson does. Oh, perhaps she makes a lot of calls. All right. Gamify making a lot of calls because mm-hmm. that behavior then will eventually lead to sales and actually teach people what they need to do. So, so one of the early things that I recommend besides playing games is to break down the, um, you know, you have this desired corporate outcomes, KPI, whatever it is, break it down into behaviors and figure out can any of those behaviors be gamified. And then Mm. the other thing that you want to look at is if you're going to gamify behavior, you have to gamify it aligned with the game uh, mechanics. Yes. So what happens is a lot of people say, oh, well, we'll, we'll make this timed. Well, is it, is time actually the critical factor for this behavior. So for example, if you're in a call center getting off the phone, yes. If you're a salesperson, you want to be on the phone as long as possible with this client yeah. to you know, help persuade them that your product is right for them. So if you say, oh, we're gonna you're we're gonna gamify, you know, sales phone calls and you only have a minute to complete, you know, whatever, that's not that's not congruent with what you want the person to achieve. So we've got to make sure that um, we gamify the right behaviors. And then when we gamify those behaviors, we make sure that what we're doing is aligning the behavior. So it's congruent with the on the job behavior. So maybe Mm -hmm. accuracy is more important. Maybe personalization is more important. So those are what you reward with, you know, the gamification elements rather than just saying, okay, it's got to be a minute. And so not, so, so the, the mistake I see a lot of people making is not really diving deeply into all the elements and all the behavior. So it's easy to say, it's easy to say, yeah, we'll buy this package from the vendor and we'll gamify whatever. It's harder to say, okay, we need to do an analysis to figure out what the behaviors are, to figure out what the supporting behaviors are, and then align those with game mechanics. But if you do that, that's when you have success. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think it's very easy to forget that there should be a strategic element to gamification. It's not gamification for entertainment or just to make it fun. Um, I'd mentioned I had a, a story about gamification about 10 years ago. I was interviewing for a new position. And during the interview, I was asked, what are current trends or future trends in talent development? Mm-hmm. Gamification was something that I mentioned. And I remember it was, it was almost as if they'd rehearsed it. Everybody at the table just put their hands on the table and leaned in. Tell us everything about this gamification. What is this? So I told them what I knew. I'm certainly not the expert in the field, but I'm, I was happy to tell them what I understood of it. Well, I ended up getting the offer. I accepted it on my first day. The first question they said is, when do we gamify? When do we? Well, you don't want to just do it for, for fun, right? Do you, do you want it to talk? What are our learning outcomes and what behaviors are we changing? And it was funny because they had not made the connection. Mm-hmm. And it was later on, we did eventually find ways that we could gamify some of the training that we had. But it was funny that that was the first thing. Well, it's trendy. It's new. We got to do it now. <laughs> no, we got to strategize. We got to figure out the whys and the hows before we just do something. Exactly. So it can be, and, and I think I, it could be easy to forget it. Yes, yeah, very easy to forget. That's, that's <laughs> a great story. The other thing I would say, um, 
that's such a good advice that you just gave and expand it to everything, right? So yeah. AI is is the whole like, hey, when are we doing AI? Well, what You're do right. do I don't know, but we've got to do AI. Well, okay, well, let's think about this for a minute. So um, yeah. I think that's really good advice. Yeah. And, and in fact, that might be kind of the last place where we should go as far as our conversation for today. We, we've talked a lot about gamification. I love the background and the use cases. I mean, these examples have been so colorful. It's so easy to understand how they might relate for all of us. What does the future look like? Yeah. What are we talking about as far as next steps or what to expect or maybe what we should prepare for if gamification is already something on the table in, in our companies? So that's a great, uh, so, so here's what I, I think. So I think of gamification as, as uh, there, there are several types of gamification. One is uh, what we call structural gamification. That's the yeah. badges, leaderboards. The other is yeah. content gamification where you make yep. the content itself more game-like. And if yep. you look, uh, if we look around at the entertainment world and all of the competition for our attention, mm-hmm. um, they're yeah. using storytelling, they're using engagement loops, they're using, uh, cliffhangers. They're using all those kind of elements. And oh, so nice. I think gamification needs to move in that direction in terms of being more immersive. And, and I don't mean immersive like the technology, but I mean the design of the instruction and even yeah. the design of our learning apps. One of the interesting things I think about it, if you think about the iPhone, you know, no one teaches you now that you know the basics of the iPhone, like how to use an app or whatever. You just kind of figure it out or it walks you through it. Right. Um, it's very intuitive. And, and so our training needs to become a, a gamified design sense, not necessarily gamification. So when people say, oh, well, let's make it like cute characters or colors or whatever, yeah. you know, I've worked with engineers and that doesn't, that's not a gamified approach that works for them. No. But what engineers like to do is solve problems. So let's yes. make the instruction around solving problems. So gamification really uh, needs to mature. And I, I, I've actually been thinking about a book called Beyond Gamification. Uh, but the idea is to, to um, use deeper, richer, more focused uh, behavioral engagement techniques to guide people. Now, not engagement for engagement's sake, but engagement for the learning. We know we can't get any learning without engagement. So we don't want to just, like you said, I would say, if you want somebody really to have fun, give them the day off, right? If you want to learn something, let's be intelligent about gamification. So, (laughs) So that's kind of where I see the future being more intelligent about gamification. I think that is such a great way to to summarize what could be coming for us. And I also want to say that I hope that was a book announcement because I would be the first one to sign up to buy that. I mean, you hit on everything that excites me about learning in general, but gamification very specifically. I am I am just so excited about where we're going to be headed with yeah, this. It, it's very exciting. Well, actually, so so the book title actually morphed. So I am yeah. I am writing a book for ATD actually called uh, it's around what I'm calling action first learning. Yes. So the idea is let's get the learner to do something right away instead right. of, you know, telling them the objectives and all that stuff. So the book covers AI, it covers VR, but uh, yeah, VR, it covers escape rooms. It covers interactive presentations. Um, so uh, a lot, lots of examples and case studies. And so mm-hmm. it'll be out in 2025. Um, 
provided awesome. I write it by 2024. <laughs> so um, That's the hard you part. Know, uh, <laughs> I might be doing less interviews and more writing. Well. Um, so I'm really excited about the book and really excited about, um, you know, I, I think that the, the turn of, you know, we've kind of, you know, gamification is no longer a toddler, right? It's kind of yes. uh, toward the teenage years. And this book kind of uh, uh, hopefully moves that conversation a level or two up. I, I think it certainly takes it takes the content to where we need it to be, because I think it's going to meet us where we're really expecting our learners mm-hmm. are, are right now and where they're going to want to be met. So what a great idea. Oh, my gosh. This has been a fun conversation. <laughs> I I am sorry that this part of it is wrapping up. I am happy, though, that we're not quite done asking questions of you yet. We wrap up each one of our episodes with what we call rapid fire questions. Three questions, usually no more than about 60 seconds or so to answer. So what do you think? Do you have time for just three more rapid fire? Yeah, no, that questions? sounds great. That sounds like fun. <laughs> Bring them on. <laughs> Often the hardest ones we ask, but okay. let's, see, let's see how it goes, right? So right. first question for you today, give us one book that everyone must read and why. Okay, so I'm sitting in my office. So I happen to have mm-hmm. books close by. So one of them, uh, I'm going to, although I'm going to exceed. So this is called <laughs> a Challenges uh, for Game Designers. So that's mm-hmm. a great book for uh, learning game design in general. It's not about learning and development. And then one more, uh, I have a book that I wrote with Sharon Bowler called Play to Learn. Mm-hmm. And so if you're thinking about um, learning in games, th- uh, those are two good books to um, take a look at and uh, to, to explore. And the Play to Learn actually is available from ATD. So you can just grab it. You know, everybody's an ATD person. Um, so just grab it from there. Even better. And I can I can agree with you on both of those absolute must-haves for your own bookshelf. And I love that they were right within arm's reach for you. So I know. Like, people are like, how do you do that? I'm like, I'm literally surrounded by books. Just, the only clean part of this office is what you can see in the... Uh, in the uh, video. <laughs> My office is the same. Yeah. No, it's it's the same. I have books piled everywhere and yeah. I read them all the time. So yeah. right there with you on that. My friend says you nest, like you nest, it, <laughs> nest around you. But, I, mean, I think that's a here. wonderful way to live. Here's one called The Bones. This is about dice for books, but... Dice for oh games. Oh my gosh. So anywhere. Anyway, so Look, um, that's probably my sixth. A bonus third book. <laughs> <laughs> we, I love that. Oh, I'm glad we had that question for you. That was great. <laughs> All right. Next question for you. What is one tool that you cannot live without? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, I think w- the tool that I use more often than not is PowerPoint. Uh, I, oh, yeah. I definitely am doing everything in PowerPoint. And if you haven't uh, checked out the PowerPoint um, AI capabilities, just amazing, right? You des- the designer slides, making backgrounds yeah. disappear, all that kind of stuff. And then uh, I'm always, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go above and beyond. So one more piece of software. <laughs> um, I am co-founder of a company called Enterprise Game Stack, and we've created digital card games and uh, multiplayer and single player card games. And, and we wanted to kind of gamify some instruction without... And this, this is the thing. So a lot of people say, well, gamification, you know, the cute little characters and all that kind of stuff. My company will never go for that. Cards have a more serious game vibe to them. Yes, and so uh, we've had large companies really kind of uh, embrace using digital cards or totally customizable. But so I, I can't live without that because I, I sleep, you know, eat, sleep and drink thinking about that platform <laughs> 
for the for good, bad, and ugly. And I'm not a programmer, so every time it goes wrong, I'm like, I got to call the programmer. I got to ah. So anyway, it's, oh. it, 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 I can't. It, it's a love hate, but uh, PowerPoint and Enterprise Game Stack are the two tools that that I can't live without. Well, one tool that I love and one tool I can't wait to learn more about. So thank you for that. Oh, yeah, we <laughs> love above and beyond here. Awesome. Last question for you today. Mm-hmm. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? So this is interesting. So it's not like a personal piece of advice, like somebody sitting down and say, hey, Carl, this. But uh, I, when I first started my career, I was really into Tom Peters and read all, all kinds of things about Tom Peters. And he had a quote in one of his books by Mario Andretti that said, if you're not going, no, if everything seems under control, you're not going fast enough. And I just thought that was like, what a great piece of advice. Because like, I always feel like everything is out of control. Like, uh, I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to, I can't control the software and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, he told me basically that it, that's okay, right? You don't have to be in control. You can just kind of ride along and see what happens. And so um, I thought that was a great piece of advice. You know, sometimes you hear something in the moment that you absolutely need it. And I feel like what you just said is what I needed to hear. Because we are, I'm sure most of us are in the midst of times where there's just a lot happening. Most of it probably very, very good. But there's still those moments where you think, oh my gosh, I have nothing under control. Everything is spiraling. All of this feels hard. No, maybe it's that it should occasionally feel that way because it reminds you that you are moving. Exactly. Moving moving Fast enough, perhaps. Right. You're making things happen. Um, I mean, you could stop and go in the pit stop, but like nothing, you don't want to race in the pit stop. So no, um, no, no. Races are not won over there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that advice. I am going to remember that for a very long time. That was fantastic. Carl, this has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for sharing so much about not just where gamification is and where it has been, but where it's going with all of us today. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. This is my pleasure and uh, best of luck to everybody around the world. And thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. Yes. And of course, many thanks to all of you in our community for listening or watching with us today. And before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. Our chapter has so much to offer. Go to dcatd.org and choose our community to learn more about our communities of practice, the CPTD study groups, and peer coaching opportunities. Check out dcatd.org for upcoming chapter events, learning programs, member benefits, and so much more.